0: This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald.
1: I'm Ramia Amadin and this is Kelly and Ramia. A
0: little hard to get Grant and Beth into the studio regularly. Even harder to get uh, Kelly into the studio regularly. I mean, they're out west. I'm West of Toronto, so I have a little bit of an excuse. Ramya Muth, and she's at the studio in Toronto. I am at the home studio here in London, Ontario. And the Ryman clan is over there. They're yeah. in the studio today, huh? The
1: whole fam is here.
0: The nice. baby. Hi guys.
1: Baby Austin. Future Mommy Erin. And Dad.
0: Did you Jeff. hear that? The future hockey player. <laughs> Mommy Erin always has to just kind of temper that with Dad. Yeah, But uh, nice to have you guys here, hopefully uh, enjoying. I mean, Austin should be doing what? Ramia will be doing for five minutes, probably dozing off. something. Oh, Let's yeah. welcome from his quote home studio unquote, Mr. Grant Hardy to talk headlines.
2: Hey, I'm Grant Hardy, and welcome to the headlines segment. I tackle everything from health and lifestyle to accessibility and tech. I have it all right here on Kelly and Ramia.
0: I was thinking of the weight put upon this fellow's shoulders as he arrives from Vancouver to join us on the program. I mean, Grant, after all, you start our midweek show, and that's the day where people don't know if they're miserable or happy. Either way, not necessarily stuck in the middle. But you, sir, always bring to us some great things to talk about, even when they're dastardly serious.
2: Yeah, do you know what? That's a good way to describe Wednesday, actually, is it's one of those days where you're like, do are are we happy? Are we tired? Are we miserable? Are we do we have the energy to you know pull through today? It's just one of those weird days.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that I, I almost want to call it when persevering Wednesday, maybe. Maybe oh, that's like the day. It. Just cause you just never know. Uh sir, so where yeah, are we starting just, today?
2: Uh, so we're starting with an interesting report uh, from the Canadian press talking about some of the challenges with uh, enforcing new guidelines that really urge uh, doctors to ask patients about their alcohol use, uh, because they note that it's more common alcohol abuse than a lot of the other diseases that uh, people do follow up on really well, such as like heart disease diabetes, et cetera, and that early diagnosis is really key to preventing long-term health problems. However, asking patients how many drinks they've had is a question fraught with peril due to many reasons, including, quote, patients losing track of how much they drink, uh, not understanding what a typical serving constitutes. For example, a nine-ounce wine a glass of wine is quite a lot more than one uh, one serving, and right. some simply lying. Um, but they do also point out that another interesting concern is just patients not wanting to be viewed as sort of an alcoholic or an alcohol abuser uh, because the question and the way that we look at it is sort of very binary. So mm-hmm. they urge doctors to ask a little bit more open-ended questions such as how does alcohol fit into your life Uh, and they also encourage medical staff to talk to patients in a conversational way ask for patients consent before asking screening questions to foster trust so essentially just reducing that sense of like binary thinking you either are or you're not and building up a little more trust and normalization at the same time.
0: Thoughts? I, I wonder if some of that's brought on by our own, what we perceive as, oh, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be admitting to being a drinker because I shouldn't be a drinker. I know when I was in the, uh, having health issues and in the hospital at the end of 2019, they said to me, are you a casual drinker? And I said, well, what's that mean? Mm. Oh, 15 drinks a week. And I said, 15 drinks a week? I said, I don't have that in like half a year. So <laughs> I, I gathered I didn't fall into the category, but it's sort of shocked me. But what I'm now, as I'm listening to you, Grant, stopping and thinking, what was my first reaction? Yeah, oh, 15 a week, I don't have 15 a year. Well, bully for you, Kelly. Like, it, it's, it is totally more so concerning, in my opinion, as you say here, my understanding, the lifestyle. Like, yeah. what does it do to your life? What does it mean? How foreign to you are those 15 drinks you may enjoy having them you may you know utilize them or have a, a particular I don't want to say need want whatever but we we all I think know what we, but not everybody's just yeah I'm just going to have it or I'm just running around Wh- whatever the reason is doesn't necessarily put a person why should someone be made to feel bad I guess is what I'm, I'm trying yeah. to say there may be a problem it's maybe something they have to address but let's talk about how come why what, what what's it used for and I think that's a far better conversation
2: no i think that's exactly it and exactly right and it's the question of that accusatory like why are you asking me this or i'm afraid that my doctor is going to say you are you know an alcohol that's too many what's wrong with you as opposed to just listen like you know they're just to let you know, you know there there are some risks that kind of scale in this sort of way as you know you kind of increase your 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 consumption, whatever. But it's kind of that idea that like un- unbelievable patients would lie, but uh, it obviously would decrease the appropriateness of the care that you get. But it's just an e- example of how people don't like to be judged. Sorry, Ramya, mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah, oh, and
1: that's, that's right. what it is. It's really that judgment first. Uh, approach and I guess approach is too much of a generalization but when we feel like if we're a client or a patient and going into uh, a doctor's office and as soon as a question is phrased a certain way or just that stigma around certain subject matters being sexually active right being sexually active or alcohol abuse or narcotics or smoking, Mm -hmm. uh, diet, like just name whatever, you know, and it's your own lifestyle, but also just the way that things are painted and portrayed. If we already feel like we are supposed to feel guilty or we're doing too much of something or we're unaware of how we're abusing our bodies, our brains, or etc., We're not going to come in here vulnerable, right? Like, I'm not going to answer this question feeling like you have the best interest in mind for me, because I already feel tisk-tisked. And that, I think, you know, it's going to come up again when we talk with um, Greg David about Matthew Perry. But, uh, like, just recently watching some of the videos and interviews that he's had in the past, where people just bring up his drug abuse, but in ways where he's feeling cornered to have to answer something to somebody to make it seem like, uh, you know, he's no, out yeah. of control. You know, that's the, that's the way well, that and things our are own being biases
0: beat. come in, too, when answering something. Or like you said, Grant, it's hard to believe, would someone lie about that? Well, I hope well, to you're tell defensive. you, a lot of time, we, yeah, and a lot of time, they'll ask, how many times you do this, or how many, mm-hmm. and you, you may undercut you like the you number knowing
1: yeah you need to know what the right answer is and if that isn't the response you have then you're going to automatically be defensive and i think that's why conversations like this are very very difficult to navigate and we need professionals to be trained in this aspect right like we talk about this with disability also um the way that people tell us news tell us about our disability or illnesses or just any kind of diagnoses and i think isn't there a nicer way or a better way, more sensitive way you could bring that up to somebody mm, yeah. and well, lead them I, to and feel supported? And even the
0: honesty of ourselves about our vision, what can you see, what can't you, or shouldn't you be wearing glasses? Or, or there's a, oh, you know, there's times that I know I have felt because i may not have been aware of something or i don't want to face that yeah my vision's getting worse uh, as as time goes on but that's what my condition's supposed to do mm-hmm. but i remember very much as a teenager into my 20 you know not wanting and well how often do you wear your glasses kelly oh, oh, oh a bit every day exactly exactly really you hey, know that's because you feel guilty yeah yeah to a point yeah.
2: Yeah, definitely interesting when I was looking over the the show for today, and it's kind of, kind of an interesting segue, but I totally also think there's there's a part of this around uh, like fear of, you know, uh, fear of thinking like, you know, you have some sort of a problem with whatever it is you are like out of control and you need to tackle this before you do anything else kind of in your life mm-hmm. uh, and i just think that like you know life is not necessarily that linear where you just sort of tackle focus on one thing it's more uh, a, hopefully a long-term self-improvement in all aspects and multiple aspects of your life at yeah. the same time so it's and, and that
0: interesting bo- And the biases we have get us into trouble, too, because, you know, that's where your guilt comes from, you know. And when you're asked the question, you may or may not be so truthful because, in your mind, I believe I shouldn't be this way or that way or in this position. And you may kind of, I don't want to hear that from someone else. I already know. It's hard. (laughs) True that. Uh, Kelly, not sure how much time we have left,
2: but you uh, sent me uh, this really fascinating article. Uh, it's American-based, and it's uh, about a program in the U.S. to encourage more Black and other minority do- uh, doctors-to-be to get involved in the transplant field, including the uh, witnessing uh, organ donations and just also building up the trust of patients, and donors as well. This was really interesting uh, because uh, it it turns out that, for example, uh, even put on the transplant list, uh, uh, Black uh, people, I believe, if I'm reading this right, sorry, trying to get through this quickly, uh, are less likely to receive organ donations than white patients especially from living donors and there's also this lack of trust an understandable lack of trust because of horrible abuses that happened in the past Uh, but now there's this trust this lack of trust where for example people are saying uh you know i don't want to check this box to be an organ donor because i think that it's going to sort of affect the care that i receive while i'm alive because you know people will sort of think like i have this asset these organs that i can donate uh so i thought that basically the in order to encourage as many organs to be available as possible including potentially you know kidneys or what have you from live donors which are always the best uh, they really are just trying to give people hands-on experience and build up the trust that like hopefully we can put those sort of abuses not not for forget the past of course but just acknowledge that like in the, in this day and age you will receive the same level of health care even if you're an or- organ donor so you know let's encourage people to kind of rebuild that trust in the medical field
0: really nice yeah really nice and really important because it's so amazing what those organs can do how many people can be helped if you're a donor? if you're receiving something and I think it's also nice, Grant, in there, too, the idea of a persons with, that are minorities being in the health field and that trust that people here may have to have. We always get Absolutely. so bothered over people coming from other countries and ending up uh, doctors, surgeons, ending up driving taxis, not to take from the taxi profession, folks. But these are people who spent many years where they come from in school, just like you know, our doctors and and, and that here but they're, we're not comfortable. We make them jump through hoops, whatever the reasons are, um, and, and make it hard for them to function here, Ramya.
1: Yeah, it's, I think that there's lots to still be, dis, not discussed necessarily, but discovered around our own interests and uh, knowledge and patience and just how normalized these conversations are about organ doning. I think the access, at least in Ontario, it has gone much better with it you know just being c- click a check box kind of thing right but uh it's not that doesn't mean that it's the conversations we're having in our homes
2: yeah it's yeah. it's so fascinating i always used to like why yeah. doesn't everyone just check that that box right. why can't it be opt-out i i kind of understand now because of the things that have happened in the past but hopefully we can just oh, put yeah. that as you know rebuild that trust like like i said mm-hmm. don't want to say put it aside but hopefully regain that trust in the the medical profession
0: well and, and you know the one thing that you say that's hard to believe you'd actually think that someone would look and say hey man if this fella slips away we can use his kidney you know uh or is on the way but there are a lot of people that built up those kinds of concerns when we heard about choices being made during the pandemic and you know with the with the hospitals being flooded and everything like that what order were you going to put people's care in grant thanks a lot buddy thanks guys Grant Hardy joins us on Mondays and Wednesdays to skip through headlines with us on the program. Up next, with the sad passing of uh, actor Matthew Perry, uh, we're going to hear about Greg David's thoughts and get into a conversation with him about the show Matthew is most known for, Friends. Stick around and learn something new. Kelly and Ramya return with more in a moment.